Rip It Up is a topical show about life impacting creatives around the world today. Yeah, and on tonight's show, we're joined by actress Emmeline Kelly. Part that's, well, do that again. By actor Emmeline Kelly. Oh, fuck's sake, what is up with me? Emmeline Hartley. Hartley. Emmeline. Emmeline, not Emmeline. Okay. Emmeline Kelly. Fuck's sake. Hi, I'm Ella Dennison. And I'm Kevin Boo, and this is Rip It Up. Rip It Up is a topical show about life impacting creators around the world today. Yes, and on tonight's show, we're joined by actor Emmeline Hartley, where we'll be talking about their career today and the way that our brains see things. But just before that, I want to give a little mention that I'm doing a charity hike this weekend. Um, which is for Cancer Research UK, um, where I'll be doing a marathon-based hike, so 26.2 miles. So if you want to donate, pop it in there. Okay, over to you, Marlo. All right, best of luck on that, Kev. I will be sitting at home watching TV. (laughs) All right. So, Emmeline, it's great to have you on the show. So first off, just tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you're doing. Um, thank you. I'm an actor. And um, what did you ask? Because I was just thinking about how you just pronounced my name. Sorry. I, I, I pronounced it correctly. You, you did. You did. I just really liked the <laughs> emphasis. Oh, OK. Yeah. I think so, it was the fact that I got it wrong so many times. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, I was I was impressed, oh, but so you. impressed that I forgot to you listen. You got distracted. Yeah. Uh, just just tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes. So yeah, I'm an actor um, and I I recently finished drama school and I've produced a bunch of short films um, and I run a networking event in Nottingham and Birmingham and uh, oh, there's uh, loads of random other pieces of bits and bobs. What's um, the, sorry, what's the networking event? Uh, so the networking event is Nexus, um, the cast and crew network. It's um, on, we, we, we've got our very first in-person event post-pandemic on Thursday. Um, We used to run in person from 2014 through to pandemic and throughout the pandemic we were online on Zoom. So uh, we we sort of have guest panels and we do showcases and stuff like that. Oh nice. Um, And you've just finished grad school. Do you and you're working as an actor do you have an agent? Yeah. Um, I've just signed with the wonderful Victoria Lepper. Did you find her, like, did she come to a showcase at school and sign you that way? Or did you, uh, like, how did you find her as an agent? Uh, no, I, I emailed her um, with some links to stuff and kind of what I'd been up to. Um, and she was, she got back. Oh, that's great. And now I know in the U.S. when we finish college or university, we're in debt for the remainder of our lives. So is that the same here in the UK? Are you pretty much uh, massively in debt or is the education system here a bit more affordable? So from what I understand, your debt is a bit harsher in that, is it like private companies? No, um, you can take loans from private companies to pay for it and you can do government loans or you can get grants. So there's multiple ways to pay for the school. I think there there is some kind of difference um, 
but I can't remember what it is. But I over here, we don't have to start paying any of it back until we're earning a set amount. And then it comes out like as deductions from like, just like tax would or HMR, uh, national insurance payments and stuff like that. Um, that's if you're employed and if you're self-employed, then you make the contributions depending on your bookkeeping, but yeah, you know, your books. Do you have to pay interest on it? Yes, but I don't know how much that is. Okay. Um, it's something that I've not yet had to worry about because I've never earned above the threshold um <laughs> well congratulations i know right. i don't know if that's a thing <laughs> um but like i'm it, it's it's at the back of my mind like once it starts i think oh, do you know what actually that's a lie i've paid a total of 11 pounds so i really felt it that month um <laughs> but uh yeah no that's cool um so obviously you, you know you're at drama school but how did things like covid impact your training like today as well well uh, I don't know if you've ever tried to do stage combat without a partner um, <laughs> online and also without ever touching the weapon that you're learning. But I got into a few fights with my housemate with a wooden spoon, um, which I don't think was ever part of the original curriculum. Um, and uh, social dance, you know, it's kind of in the name, uh, got very interesting as I'm sure you can imagine. Um, and movement in general was tricky. I mean, movement in general is tricky, but um, it was especially tricky when we are tiny little boxes on your teacher's screen and like, they can't see your whole body and, you know, stuff like that. So, um, and the, the voice and the singing and stuff was, you know, very sort of technically glitchy, but... Uh... <laughs> 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 overall it affected it quite a lot <laughs> yeah i mean i can imagine the course being pretty pretty difficult with those especially those you know you're going to be acting so those in-person things yeah i mean taken away the tutors were incredible like you know they did everything they could to try and to give us the best experience and there were lots of things that they held back until the very last term where we were kind of almost doing two times in one. Um, <clears throat> so they they did do everything they could, but at the end of the day, you know, there was a lot that was kind of lost. And um, I, I went there especially for theatre training because everything I've done previous to that is film and TV. Uh, so when obviously the pandemic hit, what do you do? You turn everything into kind of screen acting and take the opportunity to sort of minimise everything. Um, but that's exactly what I didn't want to do. So uh, a lot of people gain stuff from that. Um, but for me, I, you know, I went there with something else in mind, but I still walked away with lots. You know, we had three terms out of six that were mostly, or, or they, no, we had two terms out of six that were, were great and not everything was normal. Um, and then there was one term where, and that was the last term where everything was kind of squeezed in, um, where there were still loads of restrictions and, it, you know, we weren't quite able to have the audiences and stuff we wanted but there were there were pros and cons and we were in the room so that was the most important thing yeah so when I think back to theater studies I mean that's that's such an important aspect of it is being able to react and work off the person you're with uh even performing in front of an audience and that kind of stuff or just the feel of being in the space affects your performance versus sitting at home staring into a, a, a screen or whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, that just 
I mean, it, that is the experience of studying theater. And that's what made it so it makes it so worthwhile is having that in-person experience. It's crazy. Yeah, I think the, the biggest thing for me was the audience. Um, I, we, we live streamed two shows, which was great because it meant it reached more people. But I never got that experience of being in a theater with people there, you know, because you, you feed off each other's energy. Um, and I, I didn't feed off of anything. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. Did you find it, were you able to adapt to that different environment quickly or was it pretty difficult? There were, it was, uh, I, I really struggled, but like the school and, uh, you know, my course mates, my peers, my tutors, like they, they all adapted very well. Um, I, I personally really struggled with it. Um, I think. Or if they really struggled with it, they just didn't whinge as much as I did. <laughs> um, I, I found it really difficult. I mean, you know, I don't really have any theatre experience anyway, so it's not a case of adapting from being in the room and bouncing off an audience to suddenly not. Um, it was more about managing my expectations, I think. Um, but it, I, I tell you what it was. I think finding truth in moments where you can't act on your impulses to sort of close a space... Um, or and also passing props you know you have to find ways to suddenly not pass props um, and just intimate moments of the stories where it really does need to come close and intimate we you know we, we weren't able to do that so there was moments where the kind of realism in a way was sucked out of it so that was a challenge yeah I can imagine that was pretty difficult especially like you said the impulses and the nuances of a, of a character within acting and that whole the the environment as well you know that feeling of being in a in a room and the atmosphere you know just just like amongst other actors as well yeah yeah i think i think the impulses was the, the really hard one because you you go you know all our training at the beginning was kind of like um well not all of it but you know there was a lot of times when we were told to act on impulses don't don't sort of suppress that like let play with it and um and for, for me, that was just really important because um, I'm always, well, you know, I, I was often in my head and sort of <laughs> pushing them down. So, um, and then all of a sudden when I wanted to act on them, I couldn't, but, uh, you know. No, certainly. I mean, and it is interesting because obviously talking of like interactions with other people and, and in person kind of leads us on to uh, public response survey that we do kind of pretty much every show. And um, so we kind of put out a, a little question to the public every every kind of fortnight or whatever. And then this week, it's obviously we're talking more about how our brain sees different, differently. So the first kind of question that we popped out for them was, how do you see with your brain? And we had, you know, I gave them an example of, you know, I give them a fruit and then just says, you know, what if someone says that fruit, what do you visualize? Do they just see, you know, a strawberry or nothing at all because it's just a word or maybe just something so dramatic or vivid or immersive? And we gave them a chance to expand on that and, and tell us their own kind of their thoughts on that. So everyone that we asked said that they do that they do see something with their brain. So that was that was interesting. Obviously, we've got to go on the sample that we've got. Um, yeah, yeah, cool. I've spoken to some people who can't see anything. That it's kind of like a low, a barrage of ad, like adjectives, and it's all very kind of it's like a sense or a feeling rather than a word. Uh, sorry, rather than an image. 
Yeah, no, I get you totally. Um, but yeah, on, on this we just had we had a few. Yeah, most of them just said all of them said they just yes, I see with my brain. But there was a few that expanded on their comments there as well that said basically when I get them up. Um, so we've got one person said immediately the picture appears. This also occurs during conversations with people I can envisage things. I'm also a visual learner. I make pictures up in my mind to help them help to remember things. Somebody else just said, I visualize. So they're using the example of the strawberry that we used. So they said, I visualize strawberry juice, example sauce, which is odd as it is made with beetroot. So uh, <laughs> which is quite, I found that quite amusing actually. Um, and then someone else said, for me, it's quite an immersive thing. If someone mentions a fruit or any object like say a table, I envisage a grain and the table and the oils in the wood, the craftsmanship and so on. So for me, objects really come to life in my mind. So I'm going to kind of pass that one over to you guys. And you're kind of, what do you see with your brain if you do? Well, in my case, yeah, as soon as you said fruit, I uh, I pictured a peach or a pear. I can't remember, you know, something like that. Because I think because I feel like I want one. <laughs> I'm, I'm like my, all the imagery in my head is very, very vivid. Like I can, I can feel and taste and smell in my, in my head. And I, I've been talking about this a lot lately. Um, I realized I, I don't have an inner monologue um, at all. I don't, there's nothing talking in my head. Everything, everything relies on imagery and visualizations and stuff. Um, and it was fascinating to me that people said that, you know, when they're thinking about what they're going to have for lunch, they've got a voice talking through in their head and deciding. Whereas with me, I will see myself going to the fridge, opening the fridge, seeing what's in it and sort of making a meal. When I say making, I, I, I'm not very good at making meals, so it doesn't look great. But um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'll, I'll sort of watch yeah. that happen. Interesting. So instead of having that dialogue, you're actually visualizing it happening. Yeah. Uh -oh. So everything, all of my thoughts are constructed like a movie. Well, you're like, in the right field for that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And although I can't direct for shit um, movies. You would think that because you can see the whole sort of thing as a full final piece, you'd be able to direct it. But I, I really struggle with that. But I think that's because I can't make decisions. <laughs> I think I think for me, me personally, I think I see a kind of a bit of both of what you're describing in some ways. Like I can see the, you know, the image, you know, someone says a word or whatever, or I think about something to eat. I'll see that kind of meal on the table kind of thing, but probably a more advanced version of that, if you know what I mean. I'll see the end product in my mind, but also I'll think I'll think about the things as well. So I'll have that kind of inner monologue and and the visuals as well. So I don't know, I don't know if that's so are they more yeah. like pictures rather than movies? Um, yeah, I'd probably say I visualize like a still, if you know what I mean. And then it's like, okay. And it's like, okay, like, so I've got like a, almost like a step-by-step -step within my mind rather than, and then an image comes up as well. So I don't know whether the words come first or the images do, because it may well be different at different times, but it's certainly interesting how different people do, you know, some people can be right at, right at the end and not see anything at all. Like you say, it's just purely Purely it's like it's um what what was it described as it was like a, um a, oh fuck i my my cousin said that he doesn't see anything he just see he just has oh fuck what was the sorry 
It's okay. You can swear. What's the fucking wait, 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 yeah. <laughs> It's fine. Yeah. Yep, we're totally okay. <laughs> um, I'm going to look up in the chat what it was that he said, just because it's going to really bug me. Um, hold on. Sorry. I'm, I'm going to ask Milo just whilst you're yeah. finding mm-hmm. that because. I'm intrigued because when you said about the, you know, you think of a peach or whatever, it's like, oh yeah, because I'm like, I really want a peach or you really want whatever, you know. So I imagine if I said to you, cheese it, then that would definitely drum up massive, vivid. In my head, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I imagine it'd be quite, quite an immersive experience for you, no doubt. Yeah, I spend way too much time in my head, uh, so it's it's a problem. But uh, especially when with cheese, yeah, exactly. It's a, it's just a concept with adjectives, right? That your cousin, yeah, I I think. Okay, interesting. But it kind of. It, but I was thinking it was funny because I was thinking about both your responses. So, Emmeline, how how you were very like visually act you know all the acting out movements because you know you're in acting you're an actor actress however you want you know whichever you prefer and um that that that's the way you kind of visualize the world which puts you in the right place for kind of who you are and kev you're a photographer you know and you picture images which kind of puts you in into the right place for you you know for where you are so it's it's interesting what what does your cousin do for a living emily um, he works in, or what does he want to do? Or you know, <clears> he works in accounting. Okay. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. So, yes. yeah. Interesting that there might be, you know, there might be a correlation there in there. terms of vocations. Yeah. And yeah. how the mind, how the mind kind of is partly wired. Yeah. That's, and did you say you're more visual as well? Um, Milo. Yeah, I am visual. Um, uh, but I do, have inner dialogues. I'll have conversations with people in my head, but I write a lot. So it makes uh, sense that I would do that. So uh, that's kind of. Hmm. Now I have conversations with people. I watch myself having conversations with people in my head. So it's playing out like, you know, scenarios and conversations, but it's the inner monologue, the monologue that I don't have. Oh, yeah. Whereas I definitely have that monologue. Me talking to me. Oh. You have that. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Yeah, quite a bit. <laughs> Uh, let's move on so uh you've performed several acting roles and we are wondering if you could perform a scene or a line from a movie or something like that for us right now um this is what i would do this uh, i'm not a performing monkey (laughs) um i don't know we can skip it if you don't want to do it it's no worries give me give me um you don't have a go-to monologue for auditions? Um, I actually was working on one today. I've only got like the first two lines memorized though. But I was <laughs> like, I need, cause I've got, I need, you know, cause you need, cause I'm like, okay, I got to have a, a Shakespearean piece. I've got to have a serious dramatic piece. I've got to have a comedic piece. And so I was working on the comedic piece today. Uh, and uh because the old comedic piece I don't I don't like anymore, and so I'm updating it. So what was the what was the comedic piece that you was working on? It's um, basically it's it's a guy he's uh, complaining about people constantly telling him what to do. So it starts off with, um, "I'm not crazy. I just don't like." And I'm misquoting it by the way because I haven't actually got it memorized. I just don't like people treating me like I'm four year old, four years old, and can't tie my own shoes and can't cross the street by myself. Oh, well, it's just like she's telling you she cares about you. And it's like, oh, yeah, women just love to show you they care. 
Um, unfortunately, it's a very short trip from caring to mothering and then something about you're on a third date and yeah, I don't remember it falling, like I said. I've just remembered like, so, so I did, if you, there's something that you just said that just reminded me of a monologue that I just did in a show. Now the trouble is, <laughs> is it's, it's 10 minutes long. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. But I can, I can maybe give you like a paragraph, but I'm going to be sort of half reading it. Unfortunately. Yeah, no, that's, that's cool. What's her fuck? Oh, Hillary. Yeah. It's like, I can't even remember my character's name. This, the trouble with me is like, I will learn stuff, but then as soon as it's done, I will never re- be able to remember it again um, without relearning it. Like nothing sticks in my head. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately. Um, unless it's like an emo song from when I was 14. For some reason, all of those are still in there. Oh, rec- uh, yeah. We, we all do that. From yeah. when you were 14. We don't need a monologue. <laughs> 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 Hell no. Um, okay. So, <clears throat> what happens? Well, around the back of a multi story car park one day, and we'd only got one Durex because I'd taken to persuading him to wear two, but thought, oh well, it's a chance in a million. And if I'm ever going to write my life story, I think that's what I'm going to call it a chance in a million. I wasn't done for. No, because I know about douching. I read somewhere that there was something in Coca-Cola what kills sperm. Now, I don't know if it's true now. I suspect they probably took it out when they took out whatever it was that acts with codeine. Any rate, we runs all the way down to the off-license and this over-helpful shop assistant tries to persuade us that a can's cheaper than a bottle, but we insist on a bottle. And then we had to buy a bottle opener, didn't we? He must have thought we was nuts. Come to think of it, he was right. Anyhow, douched myself with it. Seemed to have some delayed reaction because it wasn't until I got home did I suddenly feel uncomfortable when I sort of erupted in my best beige trousers. When I missed my first period, I persuaded myself it was just worry. But I sat up every night and prayed to God. I said I'd do anything, even join the Salvation Army. Threw myself down the stairs for good measure. But I don't reckon God took much to the idea of me with a tambourine. My mum guessed, carted me off to the doctors saying, oh, I didn't expect anything else of you, but the way she created, kind of obvious that she did. And the doctor was a very nice, kind, moral man who thought abortion a sin. Bumbling sod. Still, I'm glad now because I love me, kid. That night, me mum and dad had a set to. He was carrying on at her. It's all your fault, you silly cow. You should have told her about precautions. You should have known it was the last thing she'd think about. Well, I laughed myself through morning sickness on that one. I, I love the impromptu use of the, the, the water bottle there. That was great, great improvising there. Fantastic. Uh, well, um, that was the last two paragraphs of a 10-minute monologue, so I don't know <laughs> quite got the context. Damn, so you actually what? memorized a 10-minute monologue. Yeah, so it was like oh, the, um, the very central sort of, um, it was like a stand-up routine in the middle of a very dark show. And 
it was it was a lot of fun. Um, but but again, this is another example of like I was on the stage all by myself in under a spotlight delivering this monologue, and I had no audience to bounce back from. Like you know, this is a moment where you're supposed to be kind of rising above the laughter and having a bit of a tennis match with the audience, and that was all all live streamed. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, that sucks. I also didn't do that very well. <laughs> I oh, was reading great. it off my screen. So yeah. I think we definitely enjoyed it and you you gave us you, know, you gave us something for the show. So that's absolutely <laughs> yeah, fine. Fine by me. Mm-hmm. But so talk about, you know, putting putting you on the spot. This is now your chance to put Milo on the spot because this is our mini feature called Ask an American. So this is a chance where our guest gets to pose. Milo with an unscripted question. Um, so, Emmeline, floor is yours. Please ask Milo. Where are you actually? This is not my question. Where are you <laughs> actually based right now? Are you over there or are you over here? Uh, I'm, I'm in London right now. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, you're sorry that I'm in London? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, okay. So, um, in, in the capital of your country. Yes, I'm aware. I'm I'm there a lot of the time, and um, <laughs> I run away again mm. every week. Um, it's too much, I think, for me. It's expensive quite, and and too much. <laughs> that that is it is quite expensive and quite uh, full of people. Yeah, <laughs> there are those. Um, the other question, uh, so Milo, this this also isn't the question I'm building up to. Um, what I think is a very important question. Okay. You're leaving us in suspense. Totally, totally time suspense. Yeah. 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 I mean, How long have you been in the UK? I believe it's only supposed to be one question, not questions. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I just need to know. Otherwise, it might be redundant. How long have you been in the UK? Two years. Two years next month, actually. Oh. Oh, good, good times. Mm-hmm. October 4th. I know just in time for everything to be shut down. So I couldn't see any of the fantastic historic sites. I think they probably did that on purpose. Maybe they, they, they knew it was me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I've just done a course. Um, so as you well know, my drama school course, there was 10 of us. There was me, a Canadian and eight Americans. So um, I have exhausted like every um question for an american i think over the last two years i could possibly have ever come up with however there is one thing that really fucking bugs me um our electoral system pardon our electoral system it bugs us too don't worry about that oh no that like (laughs) really bugs me (laughs) but do you are you familiar with um scat Scat, like the dance? It's like a type of dance, right? No? Oh, you mean like a poop? Yeah, okay, cool. It's a, yeah, it's like a, like a, isn't it a term for like deer poop or something like that? You probably know more than I do, but are you familiar with Scat Man? A dancing guy. Oh, wow. How did he do? Yeah. I, so I put Scat Man on. In, uh, when I was with all my course mates. Yeah, that's, um, why, that's why I said dancing is my first response. But, yeah, uh, yeah. And that's why I was like, maybe. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> finally, finally, an American I, I'm so happy. Who, who like, none of them knew it oh. at all. Like, not a single person in that room. And, and at that point, there was, um, I think there was 14 of them. I am, I am a world-wise kind of fellow, you know? What Damn. can I say? Uh, how's your, so if you had that many Americans around, how's your American accent? Oh yeah, 
Hmm? Well, the thing is, is I thought it was really good. Um, <laughs> and then, um, and then I did it. <laughs> so I remember I was doing a scene from the crucible and I was, I did it then. And when we were rehearsing um, the scene and everyone was kind of sitting in the room, my friend turns around to me and said, um, are you trying to do an American accent? And I was like, <laughs> uh. and the, i've just been so um like because i was the person they all came to for the you know tips on the english accent yeah, and i just never ever felt comfortable doing it because um i didn't I, I felt like i was always expected to like nail it i don't know why so i only did it a couple of like a small handful of times and um did you do because a lot of people when they start doing an american accent they instinctively kind of go southern yeah, um, no. I, I have done that before, but um, no, it was. Am I going to have to do this now? You don't have to do anything, but I mean, <laughs> tell you what, I did get really good at doing like a Minnesota, um, sort oh. of North Dakota kind yeah. of. Oh, you betcha! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I haven't done it in so long now that I definitely I, I need to sit and go back through it. No worries, we can move on if you don't want to do it. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, the thing is, is I, uh, doesn't, I, I'm, uh, I'm just, I'm, do you know what? I'll, uh, I'll meet you for coffee one day and mm -hmm. I'll, I'll give it a go. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll work. Uh, I'll, I'll do my British accent at the same time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard it. I've terrible. heard it. Is yeah. it? Mine's, it's bad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, really? it's, it's, I'm joking. It's, it's all right. It's, no, it's, it's not. I think that the biggest thing, actually, in in all seriousness, is with um, people on my course, it was often very heightened, sort of a very RP that um, because that's what that's what was being taught. Yeah, it wasn't like an English standard that was taught. It was like an RP. Um, but obviously, when people do RP, they make it very. Mm -hmm you know, heightened and nobody actually speaks like that. So try to make it a bit more posh. RP. Yeah. 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 A, a fancy RP. But even, even like it doesn't, it, it still doesn't really work for sort of um, upper class people of this no. generation. It's just like, it's, it's just hammy, isn't it? Essentially really. It's a hummy version of the accent. So, but like I they can all, they can all do a really good yeah. sort of standard when they get into it. Um, but it's all, it always sort of starts up there and needs to come back down. Actors, they're always starting up there. You got to bring them back. <laughs> See, I started down there and I needed to come up, which is why I wanted to do theatre. Because um, like before my before drama school, I just sucked the fucking energy and life out of everything. Milo, whoosh, like I'm having to grab him down, you know, from the sky every time. It's ridiculous. It's just... All right, uh, let's move on then. So since uh, I got put on the spot, you have, Emmeline, a badly drawn bamboo for us. Is that correct? So this is the thing, right? <laughs> I, can't, I can't draw. Well, that's why all. we say badly. That, that's, yeah. that's perfect. Yeah, but I thought I would hammer it home by drawing it with my left hand. Oh, and it turns out that I'm better <laughs> than I have ever been with my right. So it's still Brilliant. not great, but like I am actually deeply impressed with this. Okay. Well, I've got to I've got to rate this in a minute. Yeah. So you know. okay, let's see it. 
He's pretty good, actually. He looks quite evil, though. He's, he's supposed to be happy. Oh. He's, um. he's squinting because he's smiling. It looks like he's thinking about eating somebody. About yeah, look- Eating somebody. Eat. Like he's a, like he's a, yeah. like a cannibal. Exactly. Yes. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> I've got to, so I've got to rate this now out of ten. Yeah. Oh, you I, have? I think that's pretty yeah, good, yeah. especially considering yeah, you did no, it with I'm, your left Do you hand. rate it on badness? Essentially, yeah. So obviously, the lower the score, almost the better it's been. Um, but I'm, I'm going to go for a three, three out of ten on that one. Yeah, I think you've got the curls. You got the curls, nearly bang on. I think that's the I best score so far. I wear played, check, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, so the, just Sorry, Milo, what did you just say? You think it's the what one? The best score that you that uh, he's given out so far. As in the lowest? As in the lowest. Yeah, the ba- the best, worst score. Yeah. Are yeah. you serious? <laughs> yeah, I think so, yeah. I thought it was quite good. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's quite good too. So you're currently in the running of the accolade for the best, worst, badly drawn bamboo. At present, but we've only had like five, I think, so far. So, what well, they must all be bloody Picasso then. I, I, um, I, I disagree with Kev's rating on this one. I think there are better, worse ones than yours. I think yours actually is pretty well done. Yeah, I thought you looked so happy. I think that should be like a, I think that should be like a, a six or a seven on the scale. <laughs> Yeah, but that's what I mean. The worse the score is actually the better the better that it is. Yeah, in, but in like, and I thought that too, which is why I was like, I'm going to do this with my left hand. But actually <laughs> what came out, I thought was something I was going to frame, but maybe now I won't. Well, well. Um, you'll, you'll have to send it to the rip it up PO box that we haven't got. <laughs> <laughs> um, you found a new talent of drawing with your left hand and uh, that can be your next... Uh, Next uh, side gig. Do you know, th- this is the thing, right? <laughs> Speaking of side gig, he's slightly drawn to the side there. Mm-hmm. I've yeah, never ever that. been able to do that before. There's yeah, that, that, yeah, yeah. It's I've like never, it's I've only ever been able to draw front on, and even then it's... Mm-hmm. Anyway, we can move on. No, no, that's I think it's like, pretty, pretty cool, actually, yeah. But oh, well. Okay, well, we've got a few sent via social media, so we will flash those on the screen here as well. Yeah, we, we have definitely got a few more that have, mm-hmm. that have been in, so that will and, be. Uh, and certainly, audience, if you want to do a badly drawn bamboo and see if you can do better or worse than Emmeline's, send it this way. Yeah, so basically moving on, so enough of drawings of me looking like a cannibal. Um <laughs> We're going back to the survey. We're going back to question two on the on the survey because you know otherwise I'm just going to be too overwhelmed by all these drawings and rating them and whatnot. So yeah, question two on the survey was basically so we went a little bit more in depth with the question because we opened with a fairly easy, simple question, and this was to say to people basically if you do see with your brain and more vividly, what is the most vivid thing that you've seen, and is it like this all the time? But also to expand on that, it was like, does your mind bombard you even if someone talks about something like a piece of paper? So feel free to give examples in the comments, and here are some of the comments from that. But we gave them a little kind of a few options and then the chance to actually expand. So we just put, yes, I'll expand below. 
And we had, it's not quite that intense, but I'm happy to share my thoughts. And then, nope, but I'm intrigued that other people do see in a more, you know, more vivid way. Um, so, yeah, we had a few comments on there as well, which I'll just relay. So somebody said, whilst I have an immersive experience, I don't feel it bombards or overwhelms me, but I can certainly be, it, it can certainly be quite enjoyable to, to have those fairly vivid descriptions of some totally mundane items. Somebody else said, I'm rather intrigued that people don't see this way. I thought everyone saw this is just normal for me. Somebody else said, it all depends if I hear a phrase or a few words. Sometimes I picture them in a poem. That's quite interesting, actually. Um, and then somebody else said, I can pretty much picture anything in my mind, sim single things in colour to road journeys or a walk, walk from start to finish. So, yeah, again, I want to kind of pass that over to both of you guys on your can you kind of... Remind me what the question, can you say that question again that, on the survey? Yeah, so essentially it's just if you do see more more vividly, what's the most vivid thing that you've seen in terms of like, something that you someone's you know said something and it's brought up something really vivid to you more than normal possibly so you, like a really detailed image or just a really brightly like you know you did too many drugs image well it could you know it could well be via you know whatever medium it, it might have come to <laughs> <Okay. laughs> if you know feel free to share if that's if that's if it's come via another medium but no i was just as well as I wondered whether there's different levels of intensity, you know, depending on the type of word or object or phrase. The thing is, is I don't. I guess I don't know what I'm comparing it to because I only know my own mind. So um, everything that people say and talk about and stuff, I see it all in my head. If someone's talking about, oh, you know, my room, my room's a bit messy. I need to tidy it up. Blah blah. blah. I'm picturing a room. I might not have ever been in their room before, but I picture the entire room and where everything is. And as they're talking about things, I'll start placing things into it you know um and then if they sort of say like and you know the window oh, the windows by the door my, my mind will like then switch it around to put the window by the door and so it's kind of building an image as as people are talking like constantly um but and then like it might be that while they're talking i then leave the room and start looking around the rest of the house and accidentally ignore everything else they're talking about so <laughs> I get, like, just over here. I'm in the lounge now. <laughs> <laughs> so I get distracted constantly by my own my own visualizations, like which I think, you know, I, I've I've got ADHD and I think it's quite severe. Um, and like I think that's just another part of of that. Um, just sort of getting distracted by the shit going on in my head. So I I don't know. I I'm assuming it's part of that anyway, not because of how vivid they are. Yeah. So my yeah, Milo. What about yourself? Whether um, that's yeah, through the way that you, you suggested or, or the way that I suggested. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, I just think of the question is um, yeah. I mean, obviously, if you're reading something or somebody's telling you about a place, you're building an image of it in your head based upon that description, and then you're potentially tweaking it based upon your own experiences and how you view things. So if somebody is describing their bedroom and they describe it as a mess, you know, does that freak you out being in like a super messy bedroom? So is it then in your head, a big, massive, disgusting mess, or is it just a couple things out of order? 
kind of kind of thing. So um, how I view, yeah, sure. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I think I view things normally. Maybe don't really know how to answer that particular question, Kev. He he says. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think I think how we picture the world depends on our mood quite a bit too. Cause you think about it like your dreary day and like the world just cause it looks dreary versus a nice, bright, sunny day. And the world looks nice and bright and sunny. So if somebody's describing something to you, your mood at the time is also going to impact that. But for me, how do I visualize stuff? Yeah. It just, it will, it will vary on my mood. It will also vary on how good of a storyteller they are. Uh, if somebody is describing something to me and they're telling it in a way that's not interesting, I will almost instantly just space off and stop listening to them. So, so they have to be a good storyteller to keep me interested in what they're saying for me to actually want to visualize it. Yeah, sure. I know. I mean, I've noticed you do this with me several times. Um, well, you talk a lot, though, so it's kind of your own fault. See, so you, I'll start you think I talk a lot. You think <laughs> I talk a lot, but then, <laughs> and then, and then, twenty minutes later, of course, I've tuned out by then. <laughs> I was like, I'll just, I'll just tune back in when he, when I think he's finished. Uh, I was literally, I was literally going to say when, when, when you were saying that, Milo, I was about to say, oh, I've seen you do that a few times to Kev, and I was like, <laughs> we're there yet? No, <laughs> no. Maybe no. I'll keep that one in. <laughs> Save it for when it happens. Yeah. Used to this, used to this abuse, you know. Just to... <laughs> no, uh, for me, to be fair, it's yeah, seeing vividly, I suppose. Um, yeah, again, I'd, I'd probably agree with yourself in terms of it depends on how how that person's telling the story. But I have there are occasions when even something just totally, you know, totally mundane has. You know, I've seen it in almost like you know psychedelia, and I've not been on anything. It's just literally. I've, my mind has kind of explored that object so far that it's like, yeah, but no, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd probably agree with you in a sense more on the storytelling element that that would bring me to lie. So the cut, like, you know, when you're reading a book and you just, you know, you obviously you're more immersed into it because you're creating these pictures as you read. So yeah, I'd, I'd probably agree, agree with you there. All right. Well, that was good. That was quick too. Well, thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't space off or anything. Huh? I didn't like you yeah. No, I, I know. I noticed. No. <laughs> no, it's because I've got really bad pins and needles in my legs. I was really trying to gently move. Them. <laughs> oh, is that is that what people are calling it now? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's put you back on the spot, Emmeline. Uh, so we've talked about your career. We've witnessed uh, your fantastic monologue. So. Um, if you were to land your most ideal role, what or who would that be and why? Um, okay, so I'm really interested at the moment in um, films and shows where you get to see an actor performing in lots of different sort of like different versions of themselves or, um, or whatever, whatever that might look like or different characters. So things like um, Orphan Black with Tatiana Maslany playing all the different clones. Um, split with James McAvoy, obviously playing multiple personalities, um, and also like a Amy Smart in The Butterfly Effect, playing different sort of realities of her, the different places her life could end up. Um, things like that uh, really, really interest me because um, I've I've been working a lot on kind of 
trying to be more transformative in my work throughout drama school, um, which usually only kind of seems to fit in a theatre environment. Um, but when you kind of see people given that opportunity on screen, especially motor rolling in one show, um, I, I think there's something really special about that. So I'd love to do something like that, you know, or just a really interesting character that's just kind of very three-dimensional you know everyone sort of has the the dreams of um playing Katniss Everdeen don't they um <laughs> I know I do I, I, yeah, yeah me, me too uh, every evening yeah yeah, 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 yeah and I yeah, have yeah. talked so, message back and forth about it all the time like yeah 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 so roles like <laughs> roles like that obviously um the kick ass and I'd love to have a go um but yeah I don't know and I also want to I want to play some more comedic stuff because clearly I'm very funny. Um, but like, uh, I never, I never seem to sell myself. So what more, more like more kind of like slapstick stuff or dark comedy? Oh fuck no, no, no slapstick. My whole life is a slapstick mess. Like we, we don't need to put that on screen. <laughs> um, no, um, more, um, it's a very good question. Um, here's the thing. I hate sitcoms. I hate them. I cannot I cannot stand them, watching them, but I'd love to be in one. <laughs> yeah, different angle, isn't it? Well, they don't make a lot of... So it's interesting because they don't. not a lot of comedies are being made right now, or, or sitcoms. Everybody's going for these, like, entire season, story arc, dark and moody and kind of depressing stuff right now. So... I guess the role of, you know, that Frances McDormand plays in Three Billboards is kind of the sort of humour that I quite like at the minute. So that would still fit that environment rather than doing a, um, like, outright sort of outlandish comedy. Okay, makes sense. Have you seen Killing Eve? Okay, I, the, 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 the bad, the girl that's bad in that, like, not that she's got that, like her character changes all that much, but What's like that, her sorry? ability to just switch from accent to accent is so freaking impressive. Well, from Black? No, um, Killing Eve. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. See, that's another one. Like, again, she's not playing like multiple roles, but she's playing multiple identities within that role, mm -hmm. you know? And um, I think like that's a role that I would love to explore like something like that absolutely i can't believe that went out of my head yeah well and she just does a fantastic job of switching where you're kind of empathetic towards her and then you then hate her and then you're kind of like okay i kind of like her oh no i hate her again like so it's very talented uh mm -hmm. ability to be able to switch that back and forth like that yeah you know, no, I, was, I was just trying to think of, of one of the series that was on like bbc3 slash slash bbc which was um um, I may destroy you as well. I really thought the performance of the the girl in there, and the, the kind of the the kind of dark comedic elements that were intertwined into that story were were great. Actually, I have not seen it. I'll look it up. I, I haven't watched it yet because um, I got very bitter when it came out, um, right. and it's really really stupid. And it's it, all it is is because um, I made I just made a film about sexual consent, and someone turned around to me and said, um, "Oh, you've basically just done what she did." And this oh. may destroy you. And I was like, but, but mine was done first. And like, it was just one of those stupid, um, it's actually nothing alike apparently. So I know, so I do need to sit down and actually watch it. And it's just stupid. <laughs> no, I can definitely understand. Like if you just basically put all your guts into producing something and then it's like, ah. 
Yeah, it was Damn. like, and then this has got loads of traction, and you're like, I know. Okay, yeah. I just, I just sit here and be like, my, my film's here. It's like, you know, I know. It was like two and a half years of my life, or three years, and um, so, and then just as we finally was ready to sort of release it, it was like that came out. <laughs> so, what was that called? Yours? Um, it's a short film called Keep Breathing. They're really not alike from from what I've since heard but it explores some of the same sort of nuances. Yeah, so the so obviously Keep Breathing, um, one for you to watch, Milo, and also it's, yeah, I'm, I May Destroy You, I think it is, or It May Destroy You. That, that's it, yeah. I'm, yeah, I May Destroy You, I think it is. Yeah. Yes, I've got, there's a, there's a band called This Will Destroy You. <laughs> so. But yeah, check, check it out, Milo. I think in terms of, which I think it's, it's I, I think it's really well written. To be fair, I think that's that's what it was for me. But other people might think differently. So. Hers or mine? Uh, both. Wait, have you seen mine? Have you seen hers? Yeah, okay, yeah. I've seen your I've seen your trailer. I've not watched the whole. The trailer? The, do you mean the forty-five second trailer? Yeah. So you've what not seen it, the. Eight- I've not seen. I've not seen your whole. Is it possible whole, to watch the film? Yeah, yeah, it's um like pinned to my Twitter feed right now. Oh well, and it's my Instagram bio link right now. What's <laughs> all going on? Or you can search "Keep Breathing" short film on Vimeo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll look it up. I'll watch it. Yeah, okay. I'll I'll definitely watch the whole the whole lot for sure. <laughs> and I will definitely definitely watch all of your podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Moving on, um, we I got you know I really like actually your your choices in terms of like the actor that you'd like to play. Um, like because you've also given it a lot of thought, but also we we're on here we do a regular regular feature which is all about cheese. So, Emmeline, what I'd like to ask you is what is your favourite cheese or cheeses? So I really like the cheese that I find on the bottom of my feet. No, I'm sorry. That was really close. <laughs> no, um, that's, uh, I'm not very good at cheese. Um, I love cheese, but um, I, I had to wean myself onto it. And my family don't eat a great deal of cheeses, or at least didn't used to. So um, I've had to find my own way, and it's been a very delayed experience. So like a cheese, cheese noob. Yeah, I, yes, a tube. A tube. Yeah, that works. No, it doesn't, does it? Anyway, um, I like um, applewood. Okay, yep. Brie on a cracker. Specifically on a cracker? Specifically. It's shit on its own. I don't get it. Is it all about the texture with the, with the cracker? Just like that? Just no, I think, I think the crackers I have just add taste. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like brie doesn't really taste in much by itself. I don't know. I've, I mean, but with, with the cracker, it's all of a sudden just comes to life. And then I really like, you know, a bit. There was a stage of my life where I would just eat borsan out of the packet. Um, yeah, I do like. Yeah. And now, because I did that so much, I don't really eat it anymore. But like, if it's there, I'll definitely have some for old time's sake. Um, and I, I like that cheese that looks like a sausage. Oh yeah, that's like another smoked a smoked cheese, isn't it? I think that's. Yeah. Thank you. I'm glad you yeah. knew what I mean. <laughs> it yeah. looks like a sausage. 
this kind of comes in a in a you know like when you get the salami in a wrap kind of thing yeah like this this oh, type yeah, of cheese comes, comes the, like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. You've got yeah. my back. And um, do you know what I really, really, really like? A zigga-zigga? No. Um, with, you know, like, just mature cathedral city? Oh, yeah. I That is incredible toasted, you know, cheese on toast, um, to the point where it goes a little bit crispy. Is it because it just, because it's obviously it's quite rich in taste anyway, so when it's cooked, it kind of brings out even more more richness. The crispy, yeah, the, the crispiness of it just is tastes sublime. I've never used that word before. Is that how you use it? I think that was perfect. Yeah, yeah I think that word. So yeah. There you go. That earned my first sublime. Wow. Sublime cheese on toast. I reckon that'd be a good seller in a restaurant or cafe, something like that. You know, you know try our sublime cheese on toast. A reasonably newbie to cheese, you, you listed quite a few ones there, so that's pretty impressive. It's literally all the ones I know. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a fan of goat's cheese. Um, I don't get on with feta very well unless I've literally just eaten a meal with feta cheese on it. But oh, like, I do like I do like feta. Yeah, I like feta like, in a salad. And, yeah, in a salad, I can get on with it. But like, just I'm, just going to the shop now. Just uh, I recently, <laughs> I recently made the mistake of eating it on its own and was just like, mm. oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I do I like, don't, I, I, buffalo mozzarella is pretty cool as well. Actually, like, that is. I know it. Oh, I've done lots of mozzarella. Oh, tell you what, actually, when I when I went keto, I would make because keto, you, you, you know, there's no carbs, right? Only cheese. Yeah, and so I'm vegetarian as well, which makes it especially hard. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, I started making everything out of cheese, mozzarella mainly. Um, I made like, I made pizza dough out of mozzarella. I would make bread rolls and like all of my bread. Oh, I'd make cinnamon bar- buns. That was all out of mozzarella, mozzarella and almond flour. Wow. Um, I, really? All of my bread was just mozzarella. And it tasted okay? Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it's, it's very, it's so you, very much you, like bread. Yeah, like how do you, do you take the cheese and grate it up and then mix it with something? And then so with the mozzarella, you have to pull it all apart and like, you know, really shred it. And then, um, yeah, I think it's an almond flour and maybe an egg. Do you know, it's been so long. I can't remember, but everything I made, everything I ate was just made out of cheese. Did you get sick of it then? I got sick of the, the expense and making it. Yeah. But I didn't get sick of because uh, it doesn't taste like cheese. <laughs> I didn't get sick of I'm, it. I'm intrigued as well because obviously, if you did that, did you make, because I know a few people that made like um, pizza bases out of cauliflower? No. That was, yeah. I, I did have a lot of cauliflower, made. but I didn't do that. Yeah. Literally just like smooshed that right down and compacted it until it became like basically a base. Um, so that they could have a pizza without the carbs. But, yeah, interesting. Yeah, baked cauliflower base. Yeah. Wow, there we are. Fascinating, fascinating. I'm always <laughs> trying to cut out the carbs, but I'm terrible at it because they do taste good. Yeah, now yeah. Like, basically my whole diet is carbs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mine as well. Um, it yeah. Me yeah, certainly. Carby side, absolutely. <laughs> um, Emmeline, let's close it out here. And as fascinating as this conversation has been, tell us uh, any projects you're working on, any where they can find you on social media, that kind of stuff. 
so I just left when I literally the week after I finished drama school, I shot my um, uh, BBC New Creatives short film, which is also backed by Arts Council England as well as BBC. Um, that it's like a sort of five minute um, artistic response, I suppose, to um, some of the issues within the disabled community. Uh, regarding funding or or lack thereof <laughs> um but also you know agency and and other, there are lots of different themes through it and it's 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 an artistic piece so we're just sort of gradually coming to the end of post-production on that um and we've also just taken part in the 48 hour film challenge uh last weekend <laughs> so so what was the name of the bbc creators film oh uh, so that is the body with no face there's nothing out about it just yet okay um and yeah, uh, so we've just we've just finished our short film for the 48 Hour Film Challenge as well, which we wrote and produced in just two days, which was called September, October, November. And yeah, I, I think I'm basically I'm ready to start developing and working on my first feature. Um, so for somebody who says that she's not a very good director, you are directing a lot. I am not directing any of these. Oh, you're not? Oh, okay. No, no, no. I'm, I produce them. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I, I work with lots of different directors and um, yeah, I, I just finding money and organizing everything, essentially. Yeah, so good, good skill set to have though, yeah. See, when I started doing it as a means to act. Um, you know, I, I wasn't getting the roles that I wanted. I wasn't really booking anything. I wasn't really even getting in the door. I still, I'm still not yet, but I'm hoping, you know, gradually things are moving forward. But um, yeah, so I, I started writing and producing my own stuff with the roles that I did want to play and the themes that I did want to explore. So um, it sort of came from that, really. I'm on um, at Emmeline Hartley on Twitter and Instagram. Um, I'm also on Facebook, but um, it's not quite the same. And then what, what, what was the agent that you're um, signed to as well? Um, with Victoria Leper Associates. Thanks for coming on the show, Emmeline. It was really fantastic talking to you. And Absolutely. of course, to our audience, thanks for following. And uh, as always, feel free to check out myself or Kevin on social medias. We'll throw the links in the notes below and stay tuned for our next episode. Okay. Cool. Thank you very much. So uh, what news do you have for us, Kevin? What's going on right now? Yeah, so kind of in the Rip It Up universe, so to speak, we've heard from one of our previous guests, Juanita Ray, who's actually struggling with um, a visa application for the UK. And so she has asked both you and I to do a testimonial, but we're also kind of asking a few of our viewers if they'd like to check out her home office page that's been set up for um, testimonials and um, basically just general kind of character profiling. Um, and you can visit her there at www.wanita.uk forward slash home. So yeah, just, just check that out. And um, we found, you know, as you know, that she was a really great guest um, and had a lot of kind of, you know, a lot to bring to the UK just as, as an individual. So it would be a shame if someone like that wasn't, wasn't, you know, wasn't around in the UK and offering their, you know, their education and their training, you know, their expertise. So yeah, check out, check out Juanita. And, um, and that's J-U-A-N. How does she spell it again? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, like one. Yeah. So yeah. J-U-A-N. 
ITA. Yeah. Perfect. All right. So check that out, cool. people. Uh, yes, she is fantastic. And uh, hopefully things work out. Excellent.